You ever seen a ghost? Been abducted? Heard your name whispered from the other room when you're all alone? No, you say? Me either. But if you're like me, you're still fascinated by the paranormal. It seems everyone else has had an experience, and you want to believe it all. So why doesn't it happen to us? What does it all mean? How does it work? Is any of it real? Welcome to Paranorm Girl, a show that will attempt to answer these questions by taking the paranormal completely apart in search of proof. I'm not a blind believer, nor a hardened skeptic. I'm just looking for answers and willing to accept what I find. What's spooky with you when our worlds didn't collide? The year was 1975, and it was wintertime. Of course, in Lakeview, Oregon, at elevation 5,000 feet, it was always winter. Always snow on the ground, thus I was driving slow. It was around 9 p.m., and my husband was driving behind me in his pickup as we made our way home. We were on a secondary road, no houses around. It was a very quiet and secluded area. I slowly approached the intersection where the road met the main highway and came to a stop at the sign. I scanned for oncoming traffic, and when I was sure it was safe, I carefully made my usual right turn toward home. I was already mid-turn when suddenly there appeared a truck in the opposing direction coming right toward me. Either he overcorrected or I did, but what should have been an easy pass of each other was about to be a collision. I didn't have time to think, it all happened so fast, and there was no stopping or slamming on brakes. This next part sounds crazy. I've never been able to explain it, it just happened this way. There was no sound, no crashing metal, no screeching of tires. It happened in a second. Instead of us smashing into each other, each of our vehicles simply and silently just passed right through each other. I immediately pulled over to the shoulder, shaking violently, not able to do anything but stare into the steering wheel in, I don't know, disbelief, disengagement, denial. The other vehicle pulled over also on the side of the highway and a man got out. He yelled over to me, asking if I was all right. I jerkily cracked my window, turned my head to look at him, and as best as I could yelled back, yes. He nodded and after a second got back into his truck and left. My husband, who had only been crawling through the snow mere seconds behind me, completed his full stop at the stop sign and only then made the right turn to follow before pulling over behind me. Still shaking, I told him what had happened. He looked very confused. I said, why are you making that face? You were right behind me. You had to have seen that truck. The man. My husband shook his head slowly, still looking confused, but now also worried, and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I watched you as you made that turn. There was no one else here. And that, children, was how the Bernstein Bears legally changed their name. The end. Oh, hey, you guys. Didn't see you there. It's been a minute. Well, since we're both just hanging out together, all casual-like, let's say we drop it like it's hot and talk some freaky-deaky. I'm referring, of course, and most obviously, to the Mandela Effect. Shit's about to get weird, son. Welcome back to Paranorm Girl. 
I'm your host, Kristen, and we are back at it again with a whole new topic. You asked for more, I'm delivering. Here we go. The Mandela Effect came into my awareness about five years ago. A friend of the family was talking about it, and at the time, I was all like, Mandela, what? But this friend went on to talk about this typo, this spelling change of a name of a very popular children's book series. One, in fact, that I was particularly fond of when I was a child. That would, in fact, be the Bernstein Bears. Steen. Steen. I would have bet you $100 that the last part of that name was spelled S-T-E-I-N. In fact, I recall the problem in my young brain was the question of whether it was Steen or Stein. The issue was how to pronounce it. It was never how to spell it. So you can imagine my shock at this revelation and my disbelief that I could be so wrong about something I had known about since childhood. But my curiosity was piqued. I continued to listen. Anomaly after anomaly after anomaly. I continued to discover that I had been so wrong my entire life about a whole slew of things, from popular snack foods to famous movie scenes and quotes to commercials to cartoons. The more I listened, I began to realize and make the only logical conclusion that one can after realizing they've been living a lie. Call it an epiphany, if you will. What I realized is that I was crazy. I was crazy. There was no logical way that this could be. So uh, I'd gone off the deep end. Nothing was real. I was in the upside down and was in dire need of shock therapy. This might be an exaggeration. I realized pretty early on that I was not alone in my very specific memories. As a matter of fact, thousands upon thousands of people held the same memories that I did all across the globe. As we go through our lessons for this season, you're going to hear what the staunchly skeptical side thinks is going on. It's most likely what you are expecting, that the Mandela effect is nothing more than our mind playing tricks on us or trademark changes, uh, psychological disorder related, and, and quite simply put, false memories. But as Rob Shelsky so succinctly states in chapter one of his book, Shattered Reality, The Mandela Effect, to have a false memory... To misremember something's not uncommon, but how can so many people from various cultures, backgrounds, age groups, geographical locations, gender, etc., all get it wrong, but all get it wrong in the same exact way? That is just inexplicable. I agree, Rob. I agree. So we're going to take a look for ourselves. A Google search for the Wikipedia page for the Mandela Effect will land you on the Wikipedia page for false memory. So really off to a great start with this one. Uh, go, go ahead and peep that yourself. That's where you go. Um, but it, it shouldn't upset me that that is the first step on the first leg of this journey, especially when I don't really have a specific opinion one way or the other uh, regarding this phenomenon. But I'm just looking for Mandela Effect Info, dude. Wikipedia is an educational website. If you land me on the page for false memory, you are essentially telling me what you want me to know, not necessarily what I need to know, what I'm looking for. I see I can scroll down about halfway. Uh, there is a section specifically designated to ME, but I just, I, I think a phenomenon this well known and on such a global scale should have its own page, you know? All right. Um... Oh, 
you know what? And while we're on that global phenomenon note, some of you may be wondering what Mandela Effect is doing being talked about on a paranormal podcast. I thought long and hard about this myself, wondering if I could make this work. After all, doesn't Emmy border on conspiracy talk? Aren't we teetering on the brink of simulation theory and bungled experiments by CERN and, and the government's sloppy attempt to cover it all up? Unfortunately, yes, we're going to sidle right up next to Weirdville, but I make you a promise. I will do my ultimate best to keep this baby on Mandela effect and only that. We are here to learn about it, period. We might have to dip our toes into the wackadoodle, if only in order to move ourselves forward through the information. But I shall try to stay on topic because, because it does get pretty murky out there. And quick. Um, the reason I ultimately decided that, yes, Mandela Effect belongs on this show is a two-parter, actually. One, I know myself. I know I'm only going to be able to carry on doing this if I'm passionate about it, you know? I think that's fair. No one's paying me to do this. I, I don't have any sponsors expecting anything specific out of me. So I'm taking advantage of that freedom and doing something that, while it may not revolve around death or ghoulish entities or witchcraft and magic, it's still incredibly creepy and I find it absolutely fascinating. And the second part, the definition of paranormal is denoting events or phenomena that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. And, to addendum that, the definition of supernatural is when describing a manifestation or an event, it's attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. I can't agree more that the Mandela Effect falls under both of these definitions. Now that that's all settled, let's take a look at how this all began. Gonna take it all the way back to the beginning. The year was 2009. Fiona Broom coined the now-famous name The Mandela Effect when she published her website detailing her observance of the phenomenon. She did this after she'd been speaking with other people at a conference and discovered something strange. You see, Nelson Mandela had fought tirelessly against the apartheid government, was hailed as a hero by his people, spent 30 years in prison for his efforts against the tyrannical government, and after he was released, became president of South Africa. He would later retire and a short while after succumb to natural causes, dying an old man. This is the currently accepted reality. And therein lies the problem. Because according to a purported thousands of people across the globe, Nelson Mandela died while in prison back in the mid-80s. This is the memory Fiona Broom had been discussing with people at the conference, and she was shocked when the people around her claimed to remember the same exact thing. They distinctly remembered the news coverage on TV, the articles in the paper, the televised speech from his widow. The video of the funeral procession, Ms. Broom was shocked so many could remember the same identical event in such detail. So she began a website in order to discuss the phenomenon, and there she would give it its name. And this would be a hotly debated topic ever since. Conspiracy theories in support of Mandela Effect range from it being undeniable proof that there are parallel universes, that some of us have jumped timelines, that we are indeed in a simulation, and skeptics of the effect like to claim with tripping speed and biting tongue that 
just like mass hysteria is a thing, so is mass misremembering. That our brains suck and cannot be relied upon. That these mistaken memories are completely explainable because reasons. So, how in the world could thousands of people truly come to believe they had seen news coverage of Nelson Mandela's death and events surrounding his funeral back in the mid-80s if it never happened? Psychologists like to attribute this false memory and the many others just like it to something called memory distortion and what is known as the misinformation effect. According to an article on the Conversation website, the misinformation effect is where info you learn after an event has happened can actually interfere with the way you recall said event. As in the case of Nelson Mandela's death, a lot of people point to the death of another South African anti-apartheid activist named Steve Biko. Regarded as a political martyr, and straight from his Wikipedia page, the father of black consciousness. He was another incredibly powerful and threatening presence against the apartheid government during the 60s and 70s. He was well known by his people and supporters, only to become more so posthumously. Um, having over 20,000 people attend his funeral would certainly support the idea that this was a huge deal, uh, probably reported on, probably televised. There were probably heartfelt speeches by both men and women in his life, and televised clips of his procession probably reached the shores of numerous countries across the globe. This absolutely makes sense to me, and it should you. You really can't argue the confusion that could happen with this one. The only thing I've got a problem with as far as Steve Biko's death being confused with Mandela's People say they remember seeing news of Mandela's funeral sometime around 1983. Steve Biko was assassinated in 1977. So we're talking six years prior to when people report having this memory. Of course, the time frame could have been distorted somewhat, but I find that discrepancy of time a teensy-weensy suspect, but... Hell, it was the 80s, man. There was a lot of dramatic crap going on. Uh, six-year gap aside, what else could point us in the direction that this is something more than just honest-to-God brain fartery and time blurring the lines as it seems to do? Well, it's something called Mandela Effect Residue which we will be looking into further in a few episodes. But I wanted to give you a quick example of what this is if you've never heard of it before. So Fiona Broom's original post about the effect is long gone. However, on MandelaEffect.com, now she has written an article where she's gone to the trouble to give us a recap of what she had said back in 2009 about it. It's followed up by over 500 comments, people piping in to talk about their own experience and memory of Mandela's death in prison. One person says he had been in high school in the mid-80s and remembers discussing Mandela's death in his geography and economics class. More impressively, he says he had recently been going through boxes of his old notebooks from that time and happened across a copy of a current event recap he'd had to turn in, stating they were required to do this every Friday for his economics class about, you know, something that had happened during the week. He finds the one he'd turned in for the week ending March 11, 1983. He says in this paper, he talks about Mandela's recent demise in prison and that he'd been sick for a while. 
At the time of this posting, the author says he could see the check mark at the top of the page that his teacher had made to show that he had done his assignment. This is called residue. It's evidence of something weird going on, and it can be found everywhere. This is a stranger on the internet, and I know we can't take his word for it, but when we start getting into it and going over more examples of residue, you might start to question if only for a second, what the hell is going on? It's a slippery slope on this one, dear students, but we are professional. We are fully capable of doubting our own realities while simultaneously hanging on to our sanity. We are brave enough to follow the rabbit all the way down that hole, and we're going to drag that fuzzy little butthole all the way back up. We eat slippery slopes for breakfast. That's going to do it for today, folks. Just a little taster into the world of Mandela Effect. Hope I've whet your appetite for more, because there is a lot more. This season will cover as many of the effects as I can possibly cram into 10 or so more episodes. Uh, we'll talk more about the residue, of course, and we're going to spend some time learning about the scientific explanations, the non-paranormal, if you will, and finally be able to answer the questions that probably more of us should be asking ourselves. Why is my brain so dumb? Follow-up question, why can't I remember things good? Don't worry, we'll talk about it. Hey, if y'all enjoyed that listener submission at the beginning of this episode and think you've got one of your own Glitch in the Matrix experiences or an undeniable and inexplicable encounter of some sort, shoot your submission on over to paranormgirlpod at gmail.com. Also, an exciting announcement of sorts, promises made, promises kept, so to speak, I will be starting a new segment called the Tinfoil Hat 15, which will air every other week between these regular episodes. So yes, you'll get to hear my crackly, pitch-awkward voice every week now. Woohoo! Why am I telling you about the Tinfoil Hat 15? Because I think you all will really enjoy listening to me trip over myself talking about paranormal topics that I may have never heard about. It will be totally different from these regular episodes. What? Every THF, I will be pulling a different topic out of a hat and talking about it. Uh, these subjects have been collected from a group of people I know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous to just go off book in front of you guys. No research, no prep work. That's the point. But I'll also be interested to know if maybe I know more than I think I do. So anyone who doesn't think that Mandela Effect is going to be your jam this season, the THF might be for you. Um, they'll be crazy and fun and fast and probably all over the place. Let's just see how it goes. Um, let's see. Anything else to report? Nothing that y'all don't already know. Follow and support the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ParanormGirlPod. Also, I got a YouTube channel up, finally. Um, just search me, Paranorm Girl Podcast. I'm there. All for now. It feels really great to be back with you guys. Um, it's the end of the show. And, of course, time for your final note. I want to try something a little different. It's both a relaxation and concentration technique. Something to... Focus your mind in order to better receive this message. Breathe deeply, and I'd like you to pick a number between 1 and 10. Focus. Once you have that, multiply it by 9. And if that answer is two digits, I want you to add those two digits together, just like you do in numerology. Do you have them added? All right, stay with me on this. 
Now I want you to subtract five from that number. At this point, also, just like they do in numerology, think of that number and think of the letter in the alphabet that it corresponds with. So if one is A, two is B, three is C, and so on, breathe and think of the letter. You got it? Think of a country that begins with that letter. Okay, you've got the country. I want you to take the second letter in that name and think of an animal that starts with that letter. What color is that animal? Now, both you and I know that there are no gray elephants in Denmark. But now, both you and I know exactly how easy it is to fool our minds, get them acting according to a pattern. Patterns are great. I love them, you love them. We are physiologically and psychologically conditioned to love them, to look for them. Our brain can more easily make sense of any situation if there is a pattern involved, which is what's making the understanding of the Mandela effect kind of hard for me right now. Uh, I'm looking for a pattern and I see none so far in my research. In fact, the only pattern is that everyone keeps getting the same wrong memories wrong in the same way. There's a pattern for you. Mandela is gonna be a tough one, I foresee that. Coming into it without any belief whatsoever, not much knowledge of it to begin with, no footing in the logical explanations, no weight shifted to the conspiracy side of it, I was ready and willing to throw my weight behind the skeptical side of my skeptical believer membership because each and every M.E. can conceivably be explained. Bernstein, Bernstein, it's just one letter. Maybe the way the cursive appeared made our, our young brains expect another E after the first two. The Monopoly guy and his monocle. My expectation that he should have a monocle seems acceptable. He's a visibly rich man in a top hat with a bag of money. The only other top-hatted cartoonish character I know is Mr. Peanut who has the monocle. It's a weird swaparoo, but okay, sure. I can see how my brain could fritz. But then as I'm doing research on the very first episode, I just had to come across that time discrepancy. I had to look, didn't I? Couldn't just take it for granted that they were two very similar leaders doing essentially the same type of work around the same time. My curiosity got the better of me. The examples I've come across of the residue so far what could have been a very cut and dried case of crazy conspiracy talk is now cast in doubt for me. We've got to investigate it further. Now we have to. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I don't like things occurring out of my control. I thought I knew how this was all going to go. But I recently voiced this concern to someone close to me. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is not going the way I wanted it to. They said, let it play out. So I will, I will. Let's just see where this goes, where it takes us. I thank you guys for coming on this educational journey with me. And you guys know the drill by now. Stay safe, keep that nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open. <laughs>